So I have a smartphone, an iPhone. Uh, some of you have smartphones. Um, every once in a while, they give me a, an update. Hey, there's this um, new software that you have to download. It's getting all the bugs of the previous system. Um, download it, click here. When you click here, it has the terms of agreement for this new software. And the terms of agreement are like, I mean, if, if scrolling was a page, like maybe six or seven or eight scrolls, right? Not about you, but I try to value my time and my life, and I am not about to read all the terms of this agreement. I just go right to the end, and I find the box that says click here for yes, I agree, and I agree, and then it starts downloading. <clears throat> maybe you do the same thing. But there are other agreements that I might take a little bit more time with. Like if I was to buy a house, I'm sure we would draw up letters of agreement. We would draw up papers that would exchange one major commodity to another person. I would want to make sure all my ducks are in a row. I don't want to get myself caught, myself stuck. Some things are more important than others, but terms of agreements are important. There's a reason for them. It holds people accountable. Details are important. With that being said, in a very simple way, Jesus is outlining today for us terms of agreement. To follow him, to be his disciple. A disciple is a learner. A disciple is one who follows someone else who wants to model their life uh, after this person. There's a lot of people following Jesus in his time. They loved listening to him preach. He was very charismatic, and you can imagine he was performing miracles all the time. You never know what was going to happen when you were around him. They were following him, droves of people. And today in the gospel, he stops. He turns to them and addresses all these people following him. If anyone comes after me without hating his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, you cannot be my disciple. Now imagine this. He stops. He's not interested in gathering more disciples. He's talking to the ones who were potentially going to follow him. He says, look, if you want to follow me, here's the terms of agreement. You need to hate your mother and father, brother and sister, even your own life. Now that's pretty stark. Maybe some of you are saying, doesn't God tell us to love our mother and our brother? It's even in the commandments. What is Jesus really saying? In another gospel, they're telling this story and maybe they use different language. This is in the gospel of John. Whoever loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves daughter and son more than me is not worthy of me. What is Jesus saying? 
If you want to come after me, there must be nothing you are willing to put ahead of me. There's no one that can make that type of claim but God. The Shema, the, the most important rule and law of the Jewish people, I am the Lord your God, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Put God above all things, and there should be nothing that competes with God. And if anything competes with God, then Jesus used those words, you should hate it. You should put it behind you. Even your mother, your father, your kids, nothing comes above God. Nothing should compete. These are the terms of agreement. But what's in it for us? Eternal life, heaven. Jesus goes so far as to say, not even your own life should be before your love for God. You should be willing to give up your life. That's when he says, you should be willing to take up your cross and follow me. And Jesus tells a story, tells a story about if you're going to build something, which totally applies to me lately in my life. If I'm going to build something right, it took me forever to decide to build this thing because I wasn't sure. I wanted to make sure, okay, do we have support? Do we have financial support? Do we have emotional support? Do we have buy-in? took me forever. My finance council's like, build it. I'm like, why? Well, let's hold on. I'm, I'm slow on the draw. Parish council, build it. I'm just slow on the draw, right? I want to make sure we have enough resources so that we don't get two-thirds of the way and I'm like, shut this thing down. And you all look at me like I'm a, we'll keep it PG, right? Like I'm a, lost my mind, right? He tells that story. People would look at you like you're a fool if you committed and then halfway through you say, oh no, I didn't realize that I was committing to this. Read the terms of agreement really clearly. Understand what you are getting into before you sign on the dotted line. And Jesus, is finished, Jesus finishes the story with this. And anyone who does not renounce all of his possessions cannot be my disciple. He went through the people, now he's going through possessions. There's nothing in our life that we own, that we have, that first of all has not been given by God, that we should put in front of God. So in other words, God asks us, put everything at the service of our love for him. Our family should serve him. Our friendships should serve him. Our kids should serve him. Our possessions, our money, our time should serve him rather than the other way around. I remember, um, I am getting older, but I'm not that old. But I'm old enough to remember <clears throat> um, Sundays, actually, stores were closed on Sundays. Like, I do actually remember that. Um, we would have to actually go get things Saturday because the store was going to be closed on Sunday. I, I think Walmart was closed on Sunday. Like, the grocery store was closed on Sunday. We actually um, lived somewhat in a culture that actually respected Sunday. I, could, I would never have a basketball game on Sunday. I would never have, like, a, a, a sports on Sunday. 
because we actually reverence that Sunday belonged to God and we worship God on Sunday and we rested on Sunday. I think Sunday should be a good maybe measure of how well we are actually living out what Jesus says. Now Sunday is just a great opportunity to go shopping. Sunday is a great opportunity to, to have another game, another tournament. A lot of people who aren't in mass with us today, praise God, they're chasing their kids in different states, in different towns, in different select leagues, whatever they're doing. A lot of people um, in our community, God bless them, um, who, you know, had a rough night last night. I'm going to wake up a little late this morning. And I think there's a big team playing tonight. There's like a phenomenal team playing tonight. And I can't go to Mass this evening because i got to watch the game this evening. But listen, God's going to understand. Like God gets it, you know. The fish are biting. In Sunday morning, it, the weather's great. I'm going to experience God. Like my cathedral is my 24-foot center console. And God's going to understand. Like I experience God so much out there on the water. I love my camp. And, like, God understands, like, I, I'm going to wake up in the morning, I'm going to see the sunrise, and it's going to be beautiful, and the bird's going to be chirping, and that's where me and God bond. He understands. I'll go to Mass when I can. Like, can you imagine being with Jesus? He's looking at this, this throng of people. And he says, look, if you really want to come after me, you must be willing to put me in front of your family, your wife, your kids. I know that's not hard for some of you to actually do, but um, you must be willing to renounce all of your possessions and carry your cross. Like, in Jesus' time, the cross was a sense of failure. It was shame. It was embarrassment. It was a way that they ridiculed the Jewish people. They literally crucified. It was torture. Jesus says, you must be willing to take up a cross and die for me. Put me before your own very life. If you're willing to do that, come on. Now, here's the thing. That was the terms for agreement. How many of you right now, what the heck, raise your hand. How many of you would actually sign up for that term for agreement? Yeah, I, hey, some of you are, hey, I, I really don't know what we would do. Um, I don't know what that would look like for our life, but um, the curious predicament that most of you, probably 98% of you in this church are in is that your parents signed you up for this agreement. They actually signed on the dotted line. They wanted heaven for you so much, they, they did the wager for you. And they said, I want heaven for my kid. And so they brought you to that baptismal font. They called the office. They said, sign the paper. They actually gave you two people to help you in this process, godparents. And they signed you up, and they baptized you. And the baptism was like a, um, a seal which committed you, you didn't really say anything, committed you to this term of agreement. Now, whether you actually knew it or not, when you were in high school, again, whether you knew it or not, you may have actually 
signed your name to this agreement as well. You may have actually confirmed this agreement. You may have stood in front of this community and said, you know what, I too reject Satan and all his lies and all his empty promises. I reject the world and all it has to offer me. I believe in God, the Father Almighty. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son. I believe in the Holy Spirit and I sign up for this life. Now you may not have read this passage or you may not understand what this passage means. What this passage means is there will be tension in your life. There will be family members who disagree with Jesus and his teachings, who disagree with the church and its teachings. There will be siblings in your family who disagree with the teachings of the church. In fact, you may be filled with doubt and disagreements with Jesus and the teachings of the church. But Jesus says, if you want to come after me, you must put yourself aside. You must choose me over your family. You must choose me over yourself. You must choose me over your possessions and put everything at the service of me and my kingdom. And I will give you heaven and I will give you eternal life. But it may come with a price. It may feel like a cross. It may feel like suffering. It may feel like dying. It may actually be physical dying. Serving other people, serving the poor, serving those in need, visiting the homebound, visiting my family, visiting my in-laws, visiting my mother-in-law. It may feel like dying. But this is the terms of agreement. Some of you may feel stuck. I didn't agree to that. I just want to come to Mass on Sunday. I just want to give God one hour, and I want to go off and do my thing and live my life. And that's why people are so frustrated with Catholicism and Christianity, because sometimes we live like hypocrites. People who are thinking there are actually people in this church right now, I know them, they're thinking about becoming Christian. They're thinking about becoming baptized. And they're reading the story of Jesus. And they read this story. And they're like, wow, he's asking for everything. He's asking me to give up my life. And I want something that's radical. I want something that's all-consuming. I want to give my life to something worth giving to. I'm tired of hypocrites. I'm tired of people who say one thing and do another thing. And then they walk into church and they meet Christians and they're waiting to, to meet people who are living radical lives and they're like, why is the one thing that I read about so different from the way that these people are living? I think it's because we just don't understand the terms of agreement. I'm just inviting you this weekend to let Jesus' words speak for themselves. He is not saying you have to hate your family. But he is saying you have to have a radical disposition of putting God first above all things. And anyone in your life, by the way, God has blessed you with anyone in your life. Anything in your life is meant to be at the service of God. 
if you're confused on maybe how to look at your life and how to measure the things in your life, the things you might be clinging to, maybe Sunday is a good example. How do you spend Sunday? Are you resting? Are you chasing? Are you clinging? Are you working? Are you laboring? What consumes your mind? I find sometimes we, we know who the starting quarterback of the saints is going to be more than we know who the second letter of St. Paul's letter was to today that we read in the gospel, in, in the readings. I find sometimes we, we, we are just so familiar with the things of this world. We are so saturated with, with comforts that we're becoming more and more um, distant from knowing how to sacrifice and be uncomfortable. Take some time with Jesus' words today as he looks at us, the crowd. He says, if you want to come after me, if you want to be called my disciple, these are the terms of agreement. Would you be willing to sign them today?